Volume One, Chapter One of Guy Mannering. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Guy Mannering or The Astrologer by Sir Walter Scott. Volume One, Chapter One he could not deny that looking round upon the dreary region and seeing nothing but bleak fields and naked trees hills obscured by fogs and flats covered with inundations he did for some time suffer melancholy to prevail upon him and wished himself again safe at home travels of will marvel idler number forty nine it was in the beginning of the month of november seventeen when a young english gentleman who had just left the university of oxford made use of the liberty afforded him to visit some parts of the north of england and curiosity extended his tour into the adjacent frontier of the sister country he had visited on the day that opens our history some monastic ruins in the county of dumfries and spent much of the day in making drawings of them from different points so that on mounting his horse to resume his journey the brief and gloomy twilight of the season had already commenced his way lay through a wide tract of black moss extending for miles on each side and before him little eminences arose like islands on its surface bearing here and there patches of corn which even at this season was green and sometimes a hut or farmhouse shaded by a willow or two and surrounded by large elder bushes these insulated dwellings communicated with each other by winding passages through the moss impassable by any but the natives themselves the public road however was tolerably well made and safe so that the prospect of being benighted brought with it no real danger still it is uncomfortable to travel alone and in the dark through an unknown country and there are few ordinary occasions upon which fancy frets herself so much as in a situation like that of mannering as the light grew faint and more faint and the morass appeared blacker and blacker our traveller questioned more closely each chance passenger on his distance from the village of kippletringen where he proposed to quarter for the night his queries were usually answered by a counter-challenge respecting the place from whence he came while sufficient daylight remained to show the dress and appearance of a gentleman these cross interrogatories were usually put in the form of a case supposed as ye'll have been at the old abbey a hollycross sir there's many english gentlemen going to see that or your honour will become from the house of powder lupat but when the voice of the querist alone was distinguishable the response usually was where are ye coming from at such a time o' night as the like o this or ye'll be no on this country friend 
the answers when obtained were neither very reconcilable to each other nor accurate in the information which they afforded kippletringen was distant at first a gay bit then the gay bit was more accurately described as ablin's three mile then the three mile diminished into like a mile and a bittock then extended themselves into four mile or their way and lastly a female voice having hushed a wailing infant which the spokeswoman carried in her arms assured guy mannering it was a weary long gait yet to kippletringen and unco heavy road for foot passengers the poor hack upon which mannering was mounted was probably of opinion that it suited him as ill as the female respondent for he began to flag very much answered each application of the spur with a groan and stumbled at every stone and they were not few which lay in his road mannering now grew impatient he was occasionally betrayed into a deceitful hope that the end of his journey was near by the apparition of a twinkling light or two but as he came up he was disappointed to find that the gleams proceeded from some of those farmhouses which occasionally ornamented the surface of the extensive bog at length to complete his perplexity he arrived at a place where the road divided into two if there had been light to consult the relics of a finger-post which stood there it would have been of little avail as according to the good custom of north britain the inscription had been defaced shortly after its erection our adventurer was therefore compelled like a knight-errant of old to trust to the sagacity of his horse which without any demur chose the left-hand path and seemed to proceed at a somewhat livelier pace than before affording thereby a hope that he knew he was drawing near to his quarters for the evening this hope however was not speedily accomplished and mannering whose impatience made every furlong seem three began to think that kippletringen was actually retreating before him in proportion to his advance it was now very cloudy although the stars from time to time shed a twinkling and uncertain light hitherto nothing had broken the silence around him but the deep cry of the bog blitter or bull of the bog a large species of bittern and the sighs of the wind as it passed along the dreary morass to these was now joined the distant roar of the ocean towards which the traveller seemed to be fast approaching this was no circumstance to make his mind easy many of the roads in that country lay along the sea-beach and were liable to be flooded by the tides which rise with great height and advance with extreme rapidity others were intersected with creeks and small inlets which it was only safe to pass at particular times of the tide neither circumstance would have suited a dark night a fatigued horse and a traveller ignorant of his road mannering resolved therefore definitely to halt for the night at the first inhabited place 
however poor he might chance to reach unless he could procure a guide to this unlucky village of kippletringen a miserable hut gave him an opportunity to execute his purpose he found out the door with no small difficulty and for some time knocked without producing any other answer than a duet between a female and a cur-dog the latter yelping as if he would have barked his heart out the other screaming in chorus by degrees the human tones predominated but the angry bark of the cur being at the instant changed into a howl it is probable something more than fair strength of lungs had contributed to the ascendancy sorrow be in your thrapple then these were the first articulate words will ye no let me hear what the man wants with your yaffing am i far from cripple tringan good dame fred cripple tringan in an exalted tone of wonder which we can but faintly express by three points of admiration ow man ye should have had an easel to cripple tringan ye man go back as far as the wap and bade the wap till ye come to ballinlone and then this will never do good dame my horse is almost quite knocked up can you not give me a night's lodgings troth can i know i am a lone woman for james he's away to drumsarlock fair with the year-olds and i darna for my life open the door to any of your gang there out sort o bodies but what must i do then good dame for i can't sleep here upon the road all night troth i canna unless ye like to go down and spear for quarters at the place i's warrant they'll take ye in whether ye be gentle or simple simple enough to be wandering here at such a time of night thought mannering who was ignorant of the meaning of the phrase but how shall i get to the place as you call it ye mon bod wessel by the end o the loan and take tent o the jaw-hole oh if ye get to easel and wessel again i am undone is there nobody that could guide me to this place i will pay him handsomely the word pay operated like magic jock ye villain exclaimed the voice from the interior are ye lion routing there and a young gentleman seeking the way to the place get up ye fast lawn and show him the way down the muckle loaning he'll show you the way sir and i's warrant ye'll be well put up for they never turn away nobody from the door and ye'll be come in the canny moment i'm thinkin for the lard servant that's no to say his body servant but the helper like rad express by this even to fetch the howdy and he just stayed the drinkin of twa pints o' tippany to tell us how my leddy was taken with her pains perhaps said mannering at such a time a stranger's arrival might be inconvenient hout na ye needna be blate about that their house is muckle enough and deckon times i canty time by this time jock had found his way into all the intricacies of a tattered doublet and a more tattered pair of breeches and sallied forth a great white-headed bare-legged 
lubberly boy of twelve years old so exhibited by the glimpse of a rushlight which his half-naked mother held in such a manner as to get a peep at the stranger without greatly exposing herself to view in return jock moved on westward by the end of the house leading mannering's horse by the bridle and piloting with some dexterity along the little path which bordered the formidable jawhole whose vicinity the stranger was made sensible of by means of more organs than one his guide then dragged the weary hack along a broken and stony cart-track next over a ploughed field then broke down a slap as he called it in a dry stone fence and lugged the unresisting animal through the breach about a rood of the simple masonry giving way in the splutter with which he passed finally he led the way through a wicket into something which had still the air of an avenue though many of the trees were felled the roar of the ocean was now near and full and the moon which began to make her appearance gleamed on a turreted and apparently a ruined mansion of considerable extent mannering fixed his eyes upon it with a disconsolate sensation why my little fellow he said this is a ruin not a house ah but the lards live there langsyne that's ellangowan old place there's a hantle boggles about it but ye needn't be feared i never saw any myself and we're just at the door of the new place accordingly leaving the ruins on the right a few steps brought the traveller in front of a modern house of moderate size at which his guide rapped with great importance mannering told his circumstances to the servant and the gentleman of the house who heard his tale from the parlour stepped forward and welcomed the stranger hospitably to ellangowan the boy made happy with half a crown was dismissed to his cottage the weary horse was conducted to a stall and mannering found himself in a few minutes seated by a comfortable supper for which his cold ride gave him a hearty appetite End of volume one chapter one